Our scripture for this, this evening comes from Psalm 51, a psalm attributed to King David. Have mercy on me, O God, according to your steadfast love. According to your abundant mercy, blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. For I know my transgressions and my sin is ever before me. Against you, you alone have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight, so that you are justified in your sentence and blameless when you pass judgment. Indeed, I was born guilty, a sinner when my mother conceived me. You desire truth in the inward being, therefore teach me wisdom in my secret heart. Purge me with hyssop and I shall be clean. Wash me and I shall be whiter than snow. Let me hear joy and gladness. Let the bones you have crushed rejoice. Hide your face from my sins and blot out all my iniquities. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and put a new and right spirit within me. Cast me not away from your presence and take not your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and sustain in me a willing spirit. Please pray with me. Holy God, we come to you with all of who we are, all of our hurt, all of the harm that we do, all the joy, all the sorrow. Quiet our hearts so that we might experience all of who you are, all of the love. Amen. The Benedictines have a saying that's become a part of the rhythm of their lives. Always we begin again. As Benedictines live their life in community, either together in one place or out in the world, they structure their common life around what's called the Rule of St. Benedict. The Rule of St. Benedict offers guidelines for living, but importantly, it also builds a structure for each day. A pattern for moving through each day and then the next. Each morning they wake and move into prayer and then out into their work. And then they return to prayer. They give thanks. And then back into work. And then back into prayer. Work flowing into prayer and prayer into work along the way. They share meals together in conversation, living the rhythm of each day with each other and in the presence of God. And at the close of the day and the beginning of the next, there is this prayer. Always we begin again. And that's a blessing because we know that each day brings with it its own challenges and joys. And every now and then we need to begin again. We do our best to live lives of meaning, and along the way, each day from time to time, we also get it wrong, sometimes badly wrong. We harm others and ourselves. 
We participate in the things of the world that keep the harm going, rolling over lives, the things that keep folks down. And as we move through each day, we experience the full range of what human life encounters. Hopefully, we find some joy along with the frustration and the worry and the sense of overwhelm. And in a world where we are all moving through it, getting things wrong, we know what it's like to be on the blunt edge of that. The receiving side of the world's harm. We know what it is like to hurt. So after a full day like that, every day the Benedictines pray this assurance and this hope. Always we begin again. Now that's not just a true statement about chronological time. It is true, every day we do begin again with the rising of the sun. It's also a true statement about God's love for us. In Jesus Christ, God has come to us to heal and to save us from everything that does us harm and from all the harm that we do. God has come to us in Jesus Christ with forgiveness for our sin and our brokenness, with freedom for all the ways that we are oppressed and for all the ways that we oppress others, with healing for all the ways we hurt and for all the ways we harm each other. It's like we've been saying in worship in our assurance of grace, every day is a brand new day. In God's grace, God gives us a fresh, clean start. Always, we begin again. In this psalm, King David prays for a fresh, clean start like that. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right and willing spirit within me. Allow me to begin again. Now, King David is a complicated character in the Bible. On the one hand, he is God's chosen king for God's people. He draws them together as a nation. He protects them from aggressors. He tries to follow God, and he establishes a house and a family that will stretch on down to Jesus. And on the other hand, King David causes a lot of harm in the world. This psalm of lament wells up as David realizes some of the worst he has done. He has sent one of his generals out into battle where the general will surely be killed all so that David can take the general's wife, Bathsheba. Just in that one sequence of events, he has, by generous count, broken at least five of the Ten Commandments. And in human terms, add to that the violence that he does to Bathsheba. This psalm takes all of that seriously. After a long while of hiding from the truth, David takes all that seriously. He doesn't hold back. God, you know my transgressions. My sin is ever before me. All the harm David has done in the world laid out before God and everybody. And so the psalm begins, have mercy on me according to thy steadfast love, according to your abundant mercy, blot out my transgressions. David trusts in God to create in him a clean heart, to renew in him a right spirit. 
Now, if we're going to do justice to the complexity of David, we should probably say one more thing. David knows what it is to do harm. He names the harm he has done, and he also knows what it is to hurt. He says something like that here when he talks about how his bones have been crushed. From the whole of David's story, we know that in the very beginning, he was hunted down by King Saul, living his life in fear and peril. David's heart breaks when his bosom friend Jonathan is killed in battle. And he will lament and wail again when his son Absalom is killed while in open rebellion against his father. David will cry out for the sake of his rebellious son Absalom, Absalom, oh, that I would have died for thee. David knows what it is to harm other people. His sin is ever before him, and he knows what it is to hurt in his own crushed bones what it is to feel his heart break open in pain. This psalm takes our lives seriously. The whole of our lives, in all their complexity, it acknowledges plainly for us that the harm that we do in the world is real. And so is the hurt that we know in our bodies and in our lives, in bones that have been crushed and in hearts that have been broken. And the psalm brings all of this, the whole of our life, out into the open and trusts God. The psalm trusts in God's steadfast love and God's abundant mercy, what in the New Testament we will come to know as God's love for us in Jesus Christ. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and put a new and right spirit in me. Cast me not away from thy presence. Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation and renew a right spirit within me. O God, give me a fresh, clean start. Help me to begin again. We lean into God's love like that in the regular rhythm of our lives. In our daily prayers for mercy, Lord, have mercy. We do that together each week when we pray our prayer of confession and worship. We say these true things about us that we need God. We are broken and need God's forgiveness. We are pushed down and held back and need God's liberating power. We are lost and confused and we need God to help us find our way home. Every week we pray our need and then we claim together the sure promise of God's love for us in Jesus Christ, the love that created us and called us good, the love that recreates in us a healed heart, the love that empowers us to begin again. Always we begin again. Ash Wednesday gives us the opportunity to do that too. Ash Wednesday marks the start of the season of Lent as we begin together our journey with Jesus through the wilderness toward Holy Week and all that it holds toward the Last Supper and Gethsemane and the cross and then out on beyond Lent and the cross on out into resurrection. Some describe Lent as a penitential season, a time to think about the harm we have done in the world, our sin and our brokenness and to turn and to change. Others speak more broadly of Lent as a season of reflection, a time to slow down and to notice. 
to notice and to name true things about ourselves, about our world, about God. It might be a season to let go of something. It might be a season to take something up, a spiritual practice to recommit to a life of prayer connected with the life we live in the world. I like the way one writer puts it. During Lent, Christians ask one way or another what it means to be ourselves. Living our lives in the company of each other and in the steadfast presence of God. This Lent, we're embracing the theme in the desert, a healing spring. We'll name our parched places, the hurt we experience, and the harm we do in the world. We'll consider the parched places of our world, and as we travel through Lent with Jesus, we will also look for all the ways we find healing streams of living water in the desert, a healing spring. As we gather at the table in just a bit on this Ash Wednesday, the invitation is to experience all that here, the honesty of what it means to be ourselves and the healing power of God's love for us in Jesus Christ. We'll come forward and receive in ashes the sign of the cross with the reminder that we have come from the earth and to the earth we will return. And then we will receive the bread and the cup. Bread for the journey and Christ's own life for us and in us. We will lean together into God's steadfast love and mercy as we affirm in our bodies, always, we begin again. And as we prepare to come to the table, let's sing to each other the invitation, come, come bring your burdens to God.